everyone and welcome to the latest podcast from the Herbert Smith Freehills Pensions Team. This podcast forms part of a series on the Pension Schemes Act 2021, which provides a bite-sized introduction to the key provisions in the Act and the practical implications. I'm Francesca Falsini and today I'm joined by Tim Smith, a professional support lawyer in our pensions team. This is the first episode in our series and is aimed at providing very much an overview of the Act, its aims and measures and the impacts that these may have. In future episodes, we will also be considering various aspects of the legislation, so the new regulatory powers and the new scheme funding requirements. So Tim, let's start with what led the government to introduce this new legislation. Hi Francesca. Yeah, I mean the new act really is a bit of a patchwork and covers a number of different areas but at its heart are some significant new regulatory sanctions and powers for the pensions regulator and these really all flow back to a couple of high profile corporate failures involving BHS and Carillion which ultimately led to their defined benefit schemes entering the pension protection fund and resulted in a lot of criticism for the pensions regulator with MPs and the media and others essentially saying that the regulator was too slow to act and lacked the powers necessary to to really police and regulate DB schemes. As a result of that, the regulator itself launched a a high profile campaign adopting a, a kind of tougher approach to pensions regulation. But there are also calls for the regulator to be given new and additional powers to enable it to kind of really crack down on directors and others who don't take their pension responsibility seriously. So that led the government to bring forward the pension schemes bill and it included in there some significant new regulatory sanctions including three new criminal offences, some new civil fines of up to a million pounds that the regulator can impose on kind of deviant directors and investors and lenders, and also extended the regulator's existing anti-avoidance powers. Now, the new criminal offences have kind of been the ones that really hit the headlines, particularly because they're much wider in scope than the government originally indicated. When the government proposed them, they talked about introducing sanctions for directors who kind of act willfully or recklessly in relation to a defined benefit scheme. But the legislation itself doesn't contain that wording at all. And it also applies the new sanctions to any person, essentially, who's involved or or kind of takes action or engaged in a course of conduct that is kind of materially detrimental to a defined benefit pension scheme. And that's much wider than the government had originally proposed. So there's some very significant developments contained within the legislation. Alongside the kind of new regulatory sanctions, we've also got new scheme funding requirements. There's new provisions relating to managing climate related risks and also dealing with pension scams. And the legislation also puts in place a framework for the establishment of pension dashboards and collective DC schemes. Now, one thing that was omitted from the legislation, which certainly we had anticipated before it was introduced in Parliament, was potentially something on super funds, but but that hasn't been included and may mean that we, we get a new pensions bill in the not too distant future. And why is this act so important? Well, I think really the, the kind of scope of the regulatory changes and the new funding requirements are, are the most significant elements of the legislation. And I would say they're the most significant 
reforms to the kind of regulatory and funding regime for occupational pension schemes since 2006, when, when those regimes were introduced. As I already said, I think the uh, criminal offences are particularly significant and that they're likely to have a significant impact in practice, particularly affecting mergers and acquisitions, corporate restructuring, refinancing, and also even things like the payment of dividends, because they're certainly going to put directors, lenders, investors on notice that they need to be taking their pension obligations towards defined benefit schemes very seriously. They need to be considering their scheme before they make decisions or take significant actions. And to the extent that those actions may be deemed to be detrimental to their defined benefit schemes, they need to be thinking about how they can mitigate those. And if not, they run the risk that they could face potentially criminal prosecution, a fine of up to a million pounds or, or other regulatory sanctions. And you know the pensions regulator is going to be keen to exercise these new powers. Now it's been given them. Uh, it was under pressure following Carillion and BHS. And, and certainly when we see the next high profile corporate failure, uh, the regulator is going to come under significant pressure to actually exercise these new powers that it's been given. As I said, I think funding is the other kind of big change. So from probably the middle of this year or towards the end of the year, schemes will need to set a legally binding long-term objective. Basically, this means that trustees and employers will need to agree what the end game for their scheme will be. And they'll also need to put in place a strategy to get there. And I think this is going to focus the minds of trustees and directors much more on, on the end game for their scheme and move away from a kind of just a, a kind of three yearly valuation process to much more focus on on how we're going to kind of manage the end of this scheme and how we're going to get there in terms of making sure that the funding and investments are all lined up. And so what happens now and when will the new measures you've referred to start to apply? So the Act has received royal assent, but many of its provisions haven't yet been brought into force. And we are awaiting implementing legislation to introduce those. So, for example, the new criminal offences that I mentioned, although they're on the statute books, they're not yet enforced. Similarly, the new funding requirements are not yet enforced. So there is still some work to do here. In terms of the criminal offences and new regulatory powers, we're expecting those to come into force in around the middle of this year. But before they come into force, the government has promised that the pensions regulator will issue guidance explaining how it's planning to exercise those new powers. And that was to address concerns about the kind of the scope of the powers and, and some uncertainty about exactly what corporate activity they're designed to capture. In terms of funding, we're expecting implementing legislation probably in spring. And at the same time, the regulator is also consulting on a new DB funding code. But it's likely that won't be ready until kind of end of this year or early next. So we're probably looking probably about nine to 12 months before those funding requirements really bite. And then the other aspects, things like the climate related issues that I mentioned, again, we're waiting implementing legislation on those. So, so I think it's important that schemes and corporate entities are aware of these changes. They certainly need to be taking them into account in their decision making, but it will be there's a bit of time before some of them come into force. Great. Well, thank you for that, Tim. So that's the end of this podcast. Obviously, this is a very high level overview, but we will be delving deeper into the Act and its various provisions uh, in the following episodes, including 
the regulator's new powers, the new climate risk requirements for schemes, as well as the new funding requirements. All episodes in this series will be available on our regulatory hub, as well as on our pensions blog. And of course, if you want to join us for any other future episodes, you can subscribe via the Herbert Smith Freehills channel on Spotify, iTunes or SoundCloud. If you have any questions or feedback, please don't hesitate to get in touch with one of us or your usual Herbert Smith Freehills contact.